Judy was boring. Hello. Then Judy discovered Jumbacasino.com. It's my little escape. Now Judy's the life of the party. Oh, baby, mama's bringing home the bacon. Whoa, take it easy, Judy. The Chumba life is for everybody. So go to ChumbaCasino.com and play over 100 casino-style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. Voidware prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Talk Recorded live. Hey, this is Lisa with Charismatic Woman, and we are doing the Lightworkers Manual. You guys owe Janet a debt of gratitude because she showed up to prevent me from doing a very boring monologue on this call. Um, this one is. Lisa, this it one would is never be boring. It would be boring because I wasn't prepared to no, monologue wouldn't. it today. Um, this topic is interesting to me because I think this topic gets a lot of. This is controversial, and like I said in the materials that I sent out this week. Light work one-on-one is almost always considered like healing work, energy-based healing work of some sort. And when we get into light work as thought work or thought influence, it starts to get a little bit tricky because I think that there is a feeling sense that that kind of work is very manipulative or can be very manipulative. Um, I I tend to see it very differently. Like anyone who has ever parented or coached has probably done this kind of work, does it quite naturally. I mean, I had said last week um, or two weeks ago because we missed last week's call, the homework was to watch the movie Inception. Um, have you seen it, Janet? Yeah. <clears throat> Pardon me, the movie Inception? Yeah. 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 I mean, inception really I, is about planting a thought so deep that the person can't tell that it's not their thought. And, I mean, I'm kind of curious. What were your feelings about that concept? <clears throat> I did feel awkward about it. Excuse me, I just had a coughing fit. So my voice is a bit weird. Um, <clears throat> yeah, it, 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 it's funny. I saw the movie and I haven't wanted to watch it again. And I think that might be why, because it's, there's a real a sort of level of discomfort in, in thinking it's, it's one thing for me to imagine that my reality is slippery and that therefore I can use that, I can leverage that to unhook from a reality I don't like more easily and create a reality I do like. So that slipperiness is great when I know that I'm the one in charge. But the idea that somebody else might be able to plant a thought, a seed, a reality, <clears throat> pardon me, on me, this thought that somebody else be able to manipulate reality without my even knowing, it sets off all kinds of alarm bells. It reminds me really strongly of the stuff we, we learnt back in the 1970s about subliminal marketing and brainwashing and, you know, the stuff that was still around from the 50s about being brainwashed by the communists and <laughs> there was all of that still around. So it's echoes of all of that. Yeah. I mean, it's, it is sticky, and I think that we can unstick fairly quickly by kind of, kind of just coming to a basic truth, which is I don't think it's possible to plant a thought that is counter to the well-being of another. 
I mean, I, I think that there are safeguards in our consciousness to a certain degree. And I mean, certainly subliminal marketing and all of that kind of stuff might fall in a different category here because we know that that happens and that it works. Still to this day, marketers mm. use those kinds of tactics. But in terms of, of thought work like this, I don't think it is possible to plant something, to have something planted in your subconscious that is contrary to your well-being. I, I think that our minds are strong enough, our higher power, our connection to source is strong enough that we aren't, I'm going to say easily manipulated, if manipulatable at all that way. And so the concept of, of working with thoughts as a form of light work, I think stays firmly planted in that light work category because I truly don't believe it's possible to manipulate the thoughts of another against their against their well-being. I mean, I mean, certainly, maybe helping them to think a thought that might be novel to them or contrary to thoughts that they're currently thinking, but only to the degree that their higher self, that filter of higher consciousness, allows it in and allows it to take root. So, and we have no way of actually knowing this, but I just, I, because I mean, there's no way to scientifically test it. I mean, I suppose that there are ways mm. to scientifically test it, but to the best of my knowledge, it hasn't been done. And short of, like, hypnosis, which is a participatory process in most cases, I think it's very difficult to get somebody to accept a thought that isn't healthy, that isn't, that isn't in their highest interest. And so from that standpoint, I think that this is a different conversation. And I do think that, I mean, I'm talking to a coach. So, I mean, as a coach, so much of what we do is thought work like this. We work with people to help them find and adopt thoughts that are more workable for them, that have a higher value, higher quality thoughts. And, I mean, we're doing that, again, as a participatory process. But when we visualize our clients thriving and succeeding, is that any different than, than this kind of work? I mean, it, at its core-based nature, I'm not sure it is. What do you think? Yeah, I, it's an interesting one, isn't it? It's because um, it does kind of tease out that thing about it, this has been this has been a topic in one way or another <clears throat> in my awareness for the past couple of weeks. Um, I was asked by somebody about what I thought around the topic of subjective reality, the idea that the individual is the only entity that I am the only entity that. Everything else that Lisa and, you know, every other person on the planet, my husband, is a kind of like a figment of my imagination, solipsism, basically, that says I'm the only real thing. <clears throat> my, as far as my brain's concerned, that's true. It thinks it's the only real thing. Um, but deep down, I have this very strong aversion to the idea that I could suddenly dismiss the reality of every other individual consciousness in the universe by saying, <clears throat> that none of them exist. That seems absurd to me. Um, and it seems arrogant. So so that that whole concept has been on my mind. 
And this is another iteration of that. It's that sense of, okay, if I have power that I can use to influence the outcome for someone else, and I think I do. I've done it before. I've scripted for my husband to have a fabulous career. And, you know, 18 months later, he's just landed. He's just today, literally, he starts the latest dream job for him. Um, <clears throat> so I know that, I, you know, I can take some of the credit for that. In fact, I happily take quite a bit of the credit. And when it comes to, it, it's the intention behind it for me. And where that gets a bit blurry is that whole idea of saying, is it my job to manipulate someone else's reality in whatever way I do it for their quote-unquote higher good when that's not my call? It's like there's a sort of arrogance in what I did with my husband. There's a kind of arrogance in sitting down and getting... I was so irritated with the way he kept coming home and complaining about the job he didn't love, that he hated, where he was really un, unappreciated. <clears throat> I got so sick of the complaining, I kind of did it out of self-interest. Now, he's happy with the outcome, but there's a part of me that can sort of say, yeah, but if I trusted him utterly to be a powerful human being, would I have, behind his back, scripted about him having a different reality because I thought it would make him happy? I don't know the answer to that. I love him. I want him to be happy. I don't like the, the fact that he was miserable. But I also was did that partly because I'm honest enough to say I did it because it was irritating me. It was for my benefit as well. So, it, so this whole topic about being a light worker, it's making me face up to all of the things that get tangled up with that, which is, at what point do I feel that I have the right to impose light on someone else who is going through a darkness? Um, not because I think the darkness might serve them and that it's therefore it's not my job to shine a light, but it is that thing of, did they ask for it? Do they want it? Do they know they want it? Are they capable of knowing they want it? If they're in such deep pain that they need rescuing, like crisis care, rescuing is it my job to stand back and say oh no I'll wait until they feel powerful enough to ask I honestly don't know the answer Lisa and I'm enjoying the process of well sort of enjoying the process of exploring it and figuring it out because and I don't know that I ever will it's a very long-winded answer to the question <laughs> well I mean it's, a, it's an interesting question and I think that I mean that concept of, okay, visualization is one thing, but maybe planting a thought is maybe taking it to another level. I don't know. Mm -hmm. I mean, my answer to that question, my easy answer would be, and I don't know if this is that easy, but my easy answer would be that is it, is it my job if I feel inspired to do it? I have to say the answer is yes. I mean, I can look at a lot oh. of suffering in the world and then just look away because I'm not necessarily <clears throat> called to that. But if mm. I am drawn to something, if I do feel the inspiration, if I feel some sort of tug or pull to help, then, you know, we are all connected. You know, all of us are energy. We are all connected in some way or another. And believing that, if I feel the inspiration, then, then in my mind, then yes. I mean, that inspiration comes from someplace outside of me. 
that inspiration. And it is not that I feel like I need to toy and meddle in everything. I don't. But sometimes things come along, things come along that I do feel inspired to participate in. With that call, then that is a green light for me. And that certainly does not mean everything or even most things. It's fairly rare, actually. But when the inspiration is there, then then where does that inspiration come from? I think that is the question that kind of gives me the green light, whether the inspiration is coming inadvertently in some way from, you know, someplace else, the person or the situation that I might be called to, you know, dispense light on, or whether it is a greater call from the consciousness of the universe. I think inspiration is the key sort of deciding or sorting factor for me. Does that make sense? Yeah, it does. And I really like that. I mean, I I, I have that example I talked about with my husband. I, I don't have, as I was talking about it, it might have sounded like I have doubts about whether it was the right thing to do. I don't have doubts. Um, and perhaps that sense of my own discomfort, my irritation, which was what triggered me to sit down and script with such passion, was was the trigger that called me to it because clearly left to his own devices he wasn't going to change anything you know we talked about it about him moving somewhere else and doing something different and he was quite clear that he wanted to stay there for another two years so that he would have access to some benefits that he 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 wouldn't get until he'd been there 10 years and i'm like oh my god you're going to go through two more years of misery just for the sake of those few benefits, that's nuts. That is crazy. <clears throat> and maybe that irritation was actually the the calling. It was so in my face that I couldn't ignore it. And I, I certainly think... I, go on. No, you go ahead. No, go ahead. Well, I was, I was just going to say, I, I certainly believe that intention is really, really critical here. Like, what was my intention there? As I was doing the scripting... I scripted about him being happy and I I I gave it a, a tint, a wash. You know, if it was a painting, it would have had a, a slight wash of the fact that I was loving living with this man who was so happy with his work. So I I acknowledged the fact that this started out with my own irritation, that I was doing it partly for my benefit. But in the process of the work itself, of doing the actual, taking the action of doing scripting um, or prey rain journaling. Um, as I was doing that, I was really conscious of what my intentions were, where I was coming from and keeping it as clean as I could possibly make it so that it was probably 80% about him, maybe 90% about him, 10% about me because I wanted it to be super clean. So I didn't want to pretend that it hadn't started out with me being really annoyed um, and sort of rolling my eyes and going, oh, for God's sake, he let me do that. <laughs> it was almost that feeling, you know, when you watch someone struggle with something that you know how to do and you just say, oh, give it to me. <laughs> um, <clears throat> but yeah, intention has to be right at the heart of this. And again, I'm not sure this stuff lands if the intentions are buggy. I mean, it might, hmm. maybe, I mean, we have, we do have influence over everyone and everything that we come in contact with 
to a certain degree. I mean, it it is in fact there that it that influence does exist. But is it like is it powerful? Is it like moving the dial kind of influence if the intention isn't solid? Because again, I think that we're talking about subconscious influence. Subconscious is maybe an extension of higher consciousness. It's the high. It might be parts of subconscious might be the smartest part of it. And I think our subconscious is not the right way of saying the word, the subconscious tends to rebel against the manipulative on some level. So if our intentions are manipulative, then I I don't think this work lands particularly well. And a lot of the time that we're doing any kind of light work, there is some personal skin in the game. I mean, it, it because we are inspired to do it, because we we feel empathically a need that we are attached to in some way. I mean, the fact that you are making your life easier by making your husband's life easier doesn't make it selfish. Yes, agreed. Uh, if if it was if it was me trying to change things so that he got he lost something in order for me to gain something, that would be completely different. Right. <clears throat> And and I might get. It's interesting the the notion that um, that I might not have the power to do that. Uh, and I think that that sense that I've had about being wary around some of this stuff is perhaps because I've been, um, or perhaps that's tied up with a sense of hesitating to exercise too much power in case I damage someone or hurt someone or do the wrong thing or send them in the wrong direction or whatever. I, it's an interesting one. I, I, when, I, when I learned pranic healing, one of the things, one of the reasons I stopped doing that in the end was because we had it drummed into us that we have all this power and that if we're not careful about how we use it, we can overwhelm people. We could, you know, if I send too much power into someone's heart chakra, I could give them a literal heart attack. That's the stuff that we were taught, which I don't think in hindsight, was particularly helpful. I'm sure it came from the right intention of, you know, telling people to be careful how they use this stuff. But, yeah, it's, a, it's an interesting one. So how would, I mean, if we, going to turn into an interesting conversation, I mean, if how would you like to believe this works? I mean, because we get to make oh. our own rules, <laughs> and whatever rules we make turn out to be true for us. So, I mean, clearly I have, I have a set of rules that say that I can't influence somebody negatively, that I could only influence somebody for their highest good. How, what rules would you like to, to create for yourself with this kind of work? I really like that rule. Um, I would also like to create the rule that says that if I'm doing this work, because again, this worked with my husband in that, in that moment. I had a, I have really good evidence for this, so it's, it's easier for me to get on board with it. Um, and I don't always remember that. But uh, just recently, a friend told me about something that's happening with her child causing a lot of anxiety. Um, and... My intention was when I first heard about this, I thought, great, I'm going to I'm going to script for this child 
and I haven't started doing it. And I think it's because I'm worried that my anxiety for my friend, not anxiety, my, well, my natural moments of anxiety for my friend and the, the, the sticky stuff that she's in the middle of might taint the work I try and do for her child. So I would like to create a rule where I can't fuck it up. <laughs> That's what I want my rule to be. That's basically what I want my rule to be. And my, I want my rule to be, I can't screw this up. That that my angels, my healing guides, my higher self, whatever it might be, will take my intention and it, discard the crap that might be attached to it initially, like the stuff about how painful this must be for my friend and how painful it must be for the child and blah, blah. I want my I want this stuff to be completely free of taint as it when it by the time it arrives. So I, the mental picture I have is <clears throat> here's me down on planet Earth having this intention and doing this work and doing what I can, and the energy goes up to angels and guides and, and higher self and souls and whatever, and then it gets cleaned up before it gets transmitted to there higher guide their angels their whatever and then it gets delivered so by the time it gets delivered it's been filtered through all of these higher beings or and and energetic filters so that it doesn't matter how as long as i go into it with the right intention it doesn't matter what it doesn't matter whether i don't do a perfect job if i do a sort of messy job it doesn't matter the energy will get cleaned up so powerfully that by the time it arrives, it's it's pure positive energy. So that kind of leads me to, I mean, I think that the process that I described in the materials that I sent out involves the invitation of angels, I mean, higher beings mm-hmm. of some sort, mine and the other person's, and that is the very reason for that particular piece of that. And I have seen, I mean, I have practice this where and I I am kind of embarrassed to admit it where I have been in the process of having what I consider to be a very loving conversation and I've I've seen someone else's angel step up and say no 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 and it's like oh okay stop (laughs) but I mean that generally speaking I think that filter of that higher consciousness by inviting guides and angels and you know that those higher energies into the process takes out any fear that I might have of my human nature being harmful in some way mm. that my that the purity of my intention is what actually gets through the process rather than the specificity of my intention if that makes any sense at all it absolutely does. I really like that way of looking at it. And um, <clears throat> um, and I think the other part that I've, I'm attracted to or the part that I want to set up as a rule is the part that says, and it's not difficult to get the angels on board. Like years and years ago, well, maybe, yeah, probably about eight years ago. I don't know. Um, I was learning how to do shamanic journeying through Harmony Harrison uh, via GV, uh, Good Vibe University, and um, 
one of the things she had us do when we were meeting up with some guides was to ask, what's the right ritual for me? What's my ritual? You know, instead of just using a sort of standard generic ritual, what would be mine? What would be the perfect ritual for me? And when I asked that question, I was really astonished <clears throat> that the response I got was, just sit down. It's like that sense that, because uh, I have it within me to think that I have to do a really elaborate preparation in order for it to be powerful. So the notion that I could just, with a thought, you know, not necessarily literally sitting down, if, if I'm, if I happen to be walking through the streets or whatever, but that the, the just sit down, it was like, put your attention, stop, stop thinking about other things and metaphorically sit down and put your attention here and that's all I have to do. That was very surprising and very liberating. And I really like that with this, the idea that... Um, if I if I'm not in a situation where I can where I have the 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 wherewithal like if I'm driving for example and I want to send energy to to someone or to to a situation that I don't necessarily have to wait until I have the opportunity to close my eyes and do something more formal that I can do it with a thought by starting out with an invitation to say angels I need your help with this or whatever feels right in the moment. Um, because if I if I believe that energy follows intention, then it has to be consistent. <laughs> it it can't be well. Energy only follows intention when I'm sitting down in the in my house with a candle lit. Again, that doesn't make sense to me. Well, and I mean, I think that kind of goes for me one more one more layer, right? If I believe that I can impact or influence the thoughts of somebody when the candle's lit and when I'm doing the official process, I have to also believe and be responsible for my influence that is more casual or passive. Mm. Yes. Which which means I have yes. to be in integrity with the work even when I'm out of the work. And mm -hmm. that's if if I'm choosing to see a higher vision, then I have to interact with that person as if I still see them in their highest vision because the formality really doesn't make that much difference. I mean, the belief has to hold clear through. Does that make any sense? It does make sense. And I also think that, I also like to think that if I make the specific request that, um, I can get the support from guides and angels to say, look, even if you slip, even if you momentarily catch yourself worrying about your friend or your or their child or whatever, that's not going to undo all the good. It it's it reminds me a bit of um, I've just this has just occurred to me the way that Abraham talks about how um, 17 seconds of pure positive thought is counteracts. You know, it's worth a thousand hours of of unintentional thought in the same way you know so so the idea that if we consciously flow positive energy towards something it can outweigh a whole ton of unaware negative energy I, I really like the idea that that works here as well that and that may, so be, I don't, the only, I, that may be the only thing that's happening here in all reality yeah 
that may be the best mm. description of what's happening in, in a process like this is that you are setting aside time and making space to flow yes. pure positive energy to someone or something that actually might be all that is at play. And I mean, maybe you're using a process, maybe you're using a ritual, maybe it is a spell, maybe it is any number of things, but whatever it is, is just a vessel for that pure positive energy. I like that. And I do like the idea of associating a ritual with that, whatever that ritual might look like, um, because it does make us concentrate. It does make us focus in. Um, I also like the idea that if I do the work in that way, then because um, what what kind of what I don't want to do is spend my whole day kind of holding myself rigid in case I have a negative thought about my friend and her child. That's right. bringing a kind of white knuckle energy to it that's not going to help anyone. So I really like the idea of um, because I I think. Um, one of the one of the things that I've been struggling a bit with this situation with my friend is that knowing what I know about the details for what's happening with her child, I'm not sure that I have the capacity to imagine a specific positive outcome. And I kind of know better than to try and control it with that much detail. But I haven't been... But the idea of trying to script something has been really difficult because how do I... Because, you know, scripting is my go-to thing because I'm a word girl. So... I've been struggling a bit to sort of go, well, I can only write so-and-so is happy <laughs> so many times. I, I don't know how to write about the details of what that might look like for, for this child. And now I'm thinking that by doing something that's more like a spell, more like working with angels, more like an overall healing and kind of handing over those details, I can bring a powerful energy without having to get my hands into the clay and I can leave it up to angels and guides who are going to probably have a better idea than I do about how to resolve this for this child and how to give him the best possible outcome. Well, and I will say that, so kind of wrapping back around, as a parent, I mean, there have been times, particularly with my oldest, just because I've had him around longer, where it was really challenging for me to see positive outcomes. Right. Like he he can wade himself into some really dark territory and you know come crawling out the other side every time. But when it's when it's mucky, it's really mucky. And there Mm -hmm. have been times where specific thought work using this kind of process, where all I could do was communicate: you are loved, you are worthy of love, and you are capable of great love. Like just that. Yes. That simple. Yeah. That broad. Rather than trying to visualize a way out or see a positive, happy outcome, finding something that, it, that resonates really true and deep as thought work with him is, is better for me than trying to visualize the positive outcome when I'm really stuck in the muck with the current situation. I mean, for me, thought work is a perfect opportunity to bypass that stickiness when a positive outcome is hard to arrive on. Mm-hmm. 
because, I mean, a basic umbrella thought, like you are loved, you are worthy of love, and you are capable of great love, like that, that's going to land, that that is a generous thought. That's never going to land in a manipulative way. At least I, it would be hard to, to make that manipulative. Mm-hmm. Like, yeah. but, it, but it's always going to yield some sort of positive shift. And I, with my oldest particularly, I have, and I won't spare the details, but I have done thought work with him where I have later heard him repeat to me exactly what I had said to him while doing the thought work. And it could be because we are so, as, you know, mother and son, intimately connected. Mm. But a lot of that happened at times where I felt very disconnected from him, which was why thought work was all I had really to work with. And that's really, no joke. That's really positive. <laughs> there, there's skin in the I, game there, right? Because it's my child. Yes, I've got some skin yeah. in the game when he's suffering. But, you know, relieving his suffering, it's the fact that it relieves mine doesn't make it selfish. Yes. Yes, agreed. Agreed. And thank you for that because I think, you know, I, <laughs> I have it within me to, 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 um, create doubt about my own uh, motives and motivations and agenda and, and get caught up in that crap, which is not helpful. So thank you for that. And yeah, this is giving me some really, really good ideas for what to do for my friend and for her child um, and how to move forward with it. So thank you. Because it, obviously it's an area where it's an opportunity for me to be useful, <laughs> as we were talking about earlier today. It's an opportunity for me to be useful in a way that might never be seen publicly, and I like that. I mean, I don't, I don't mean that I want to hide everything that I do, but I like being able to play with how this works, and I really like the idea of being able to help in a, in a way that's actually, I think, more powerful, and that's by, by doing the thought work, the energy work. I think, <clears throat> and it's it's fun to play with. I mean, I can think of two separate occasions. Once with Caleb, where he repeated to me exactly what I said to him. And once, strangely, and like this, this is the confessions of a coach. Are you ready for confessions of a coach? <laughs> Go um, for it. <laughs> my... I wouldn't say my first really high-profile client, but the first real high-profile client I had that really intimidated me Um, and hard to work with. This person was hard to work with and wasn't showing up because they wanted to. They were showing up because they had to. And, I mean, it got to the point where, I mean, we were kind of running down the time on the clock, the amount of sessions that had been paid for. And I was at a standstill with what to do because the work – the sessions were a waste of time. And I finally sat back and decided, how can I give this client something that is going to be valuable in some way? Because we're just really burning time on a clock at this point. And Mm -hmm. did some of this work with that client and saw immediate shifts and got immediate confirmation that it had landed. I know this stuff works. 
still don't think it could work if we if we are working counter to somebody's well-being. I I really don't. And I mean, that is to say, I mean, can you curse somebody? Is there such a thing as a curse? I don't want to believe that's true. So in my world, it's it's not. And filtered through the angels and the higher beings, like it's going to go where it's supposed to go. It is. It's going to land the way it's supposed to land because that energy is smarter than I am. Have you heard of Henry yeah. Oswald and higher beings? And or I'm sorry, enlightened enlightened beings is his brand name. No, but I um I had a quick look at the material and um went over and um had a look at the at the stuff. <laughs> you know the I meditation. I I mean that meditation actually, the blue room meditation, he created that and it's been replicated by lots and lots of different people in lots of different ways. Um I think Again, his sales page is schmarmy, and I understand why he wrote mm. it the way he wrote it, because there's a lot of talk about how people, the sales copy there sounds manipulative to me. And it's funny because I hadn't seen that sales copy. I'd had that meditation on my computer forever, and I'd never looked at the sales page. I had to Google it today to find it, to share it, because I think the meditation is extremely worthwhile. And yet, I felt kind of a manipulative vibe off the copy on that page about how people use this blue room meditation to influence people to get money and to do real estate deals and, you know, what have you. And, I mean, that kind of mucked up the waters for me a little bit. But that meditation is so good, actually. I was willing to share it knowing that the the waters are a little mucky in terms of how he's pitching this thing. But Joffrey's like testimonials associated with that particular meditation do paint a picture of what's possible. And I still believe everything that he's talking about in terms of how people did their, you know, got these big business deals and did all these cool things. I still can't think that it was truly manipulative. I mean, the outcomes, the way he does his meditation would have to be in the highest interest of everyone involved. So if anyone is looking for a guided meditation through this kind of process, I would highly recommend checking out Joffrey's meditation, the Blue Rib Meditation. Well, it's interesting because I I actually – no, I followed the link, went straight to his sales page and ignored all of it. (laughs) So – because <clears throat> I, you know, I work on the principle that if if you recommend something and it hits a, and there's a ping around it, so I don't buy everything that you met that you recommend, but I can usually tell when there's something that 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 I that is just you know I'm attuned enough now that I I recognise when there's a, a a hit of yes, give this a shot. Um, so I went straight to the link, scrolled down till I found the thing, hit the buy button, and went straight ahead, and. So it's kind of interesting to me that, uh, like, I'm I'm before I even listen to this, I'm already feeling really super clear about. I mean, I did read the description of the actual thing itself. I wasn't quite that, you know, <laughs> sheep-like, <laughs> but um, it, I immediately have no trouble. Again, it comes back to that, you know, intention and motivation. 
I have no trouble with the idea that I'm that that I have this tool that I'm going to use for good. And it's interesting that I don't really care about what he says other people have used it for or how that looks because if I if I'm using it to uh, you know attract clients for example well I trust my work enough to know that that's going to be really good for them <laughs> it's like it can't possibly harm them I'm not trying to scam anyone I'm not trying to use this to and I don't know that it would I agree with you I don't know that it would work to do that maybe it would I don't know but, well, it can't for me because I've set up the rule that mm. says that it won't. I mean, it just... Yeah, exactly. It won't. Yeah. So, yeah. Agreed. That's what I've got on this subject. Any final thoughts before we call it a day? Only to say thank you so much. The timing of this could not have been more perfect. It's so aligned, like I said, to everything that's kind of going through my awareness at the moment. It, you know, this is... This is a... a, a I'm sort of at the culmination of a year-long process of doing some really big work internally and in all kinds of different ways. And at the heart of it is that sense of if I am truly powerful and truly stepping into my power, I need to know that I'm safe doing it, but also that the rest of the world is safe when I do it. Um when I was a kid, I was um, I can remember when I was a teenager in boarding school, on one occasion the kids were bullying me as usual and I lost it. I'd, as a child, I, my anger was always very repressed. Um, and on this particular occasion, I vividly remember that I was so angry and I literally all I remember is a red haze and then coming back to awareness and a shocked row of faces, a little circle of shocked faces and this moment, this frozen moment, and then they all ran because they put my bed outside in the rain. They all ran to get my bed back inside and to remake it for me so that it wasn't wet, etc. Um, and I have no idea what I did or said or what I looked like or anything. I no memory at all. I've never known, and uh, it scared the crap out of me. That sense that that I might have power. It was, the first, it was the first time I can remember feeling like I must have had power and it was so terrifying that it's taken this process to get to the point where I'm like, no, I'm okay. People are safe around me. You know, I'm not going to do that. <laughs> I'm not going to blow anyone up with my energy um, and, I'm, and I'm safe to use it. Uh, and given that the fact that the work I do is around helping people connect to their power, this has been an incredibly useful journey and also this the timing of this conversation could not be more perfect for me. It's awesome. Well, I'm, I'm here to say that you have a massive amount of power and I feel completely comfortable that everyone around you is safe for you to use it, you of all people. Wow, thank you. Thank you. I appreciate that. And okay. And I have no... And interestingly, there's no part of me that kind of went, yeah, not really. There's no part of me that disagreed with you. And that's new. That's new and awesome. <laughs> I love it. Good. Excellent. All right. Big love to Thank you. Thank you. Yes, Good to morning. you too. Thanks, Lisa. Bye. 
It is Ryan here, and I have a question for you. What do you do when you win? Like, are you a fist pumper? A woohooer, a hand clapper, a high fiver. I kind of like the high five, but if you want to hone in on those winning moves, check out Chumba Casino at chumbacasino.com. Choose from hundreds of social casino-style games for your chance to redeem serious cash prizes. There are new game releases weekly, plus free daily bonuses. So don't wait. Start having the most fun ever at chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. VGW Group. Void were prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus.